Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, before we start today's show, like how we usually do, I thought we'd deliver some, I don't. I wouldn't call this breaking news, um, <laughs> but it's definitely news. The, uh, I think it was Wednesday, um, the official Nintendo Switch online service launched, and for a lot of people, they're not too crazy about that because now they have to pay for the free service that they've been using to play games like Splatoon and um, what would have been Super Smash Brothers. Now they have to pay to use those online features. But that's not what we're here. We're not here to anger anybody. We'd like to talk about the uh, NES online mode of it, which is a free download as long as you're um, a Nintendo Switch online member, which is $20 a year for the Nintendo Switch online, which I don't think is a bad deal at all, personally. But let's see if it's worth the value to you. The The current games, guys, for the tw- you get 20 games so far. Uh, three more will be coming each month. So I think that's important to note that this is kind of like a Netflix thing. Except for there's no indication that the games are going to expire, you know, like that they're yeah. going to like fall out of the system. Sure. So the 20 games right now, Baseball, Tennis, Excite Bike, Ice Climber, Super Mario Brothers, Donkey Kong, Mario Brothers, Balloon Fight, Ghost and Goblins, Gradius, Pro Wrestling, Soccer, The Legend of Zelda, Double Dragon, Ice Hockey, Tecmo Bowl, River City Ransom, Super Mario Brothers 3, Dr. Mario, and Yoshi. Now, we've covered a surprising amount of those games yeah. already. And, and I, very uh, very skewed to the launch titles. Yeah, very skewed to the launch titles. I think I count 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 right now. Six launch titles out of the 17 that came with the NES launch. Joe, what are your feelings? Would you would you invest in something like this? Well, I mean, I think just of those games that you listed, which uh, this is the first time I'm hearing this list, but... I haven't played a lot of them, but of the ones I've played, I can count ten that I would love to play. Right, like again, right, right. like that, in your bed, yeah. <laughs> and that's out of twenty. Some of which of the ones that I didn't count, I don't know. So maybe they would be great. I think, I think that's awesome. That's I mean, that's a good amount, especially the fact that you're going to be getting more. Um, if you don't have access to it, like it's it's not easy to access a lot of these games anymore. Um, I think it's great. Yeah, Sean. Um, I'm going to go into a wider context for this. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think that there is some value there, but I do think that any time that there is something that was free and is no longer free, even though they're adding on this NES thing, um, I would still be a little salty about that. Gotcha. And I think that <clears throat> it's a very reasonable price, but it's a principal thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that... I, I'm going to pay for the service, and I will enjoy these NES games, and um, I, I I don't think that I'll ever cancel it. I, I, I will say that it's it's strange that it, it, it goes from free to paid. Yeah, here's here's the thing that's weird. Uh, you can never own these games, presumably, on, yeah. on your Switch. You'll ne- Unlike the Wii U where you were able to buy Super Mario Brothers and then have it, and you can still play it today— there's there's essentially like an, an eventual expiration date to you having all of these awesome NES games on your Switch. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, That's I also a thing. Yeah. I'm just thinking of the of the fact that like, and and I might have have this wrong of the way it actually works, but I remember what, I don't have a Switch, but I remember when I was you know when I had the PS3 before PS4 came out and stuff, the online wasn't wasn't too great and it was free. But now that you pay for online, I feel like they've put a lot more work into it. It's it's a little more polished and everything, and I think. I don't know, not to defend the decision to just suddenly make something that you were getting for free paid, but I think that 
they maybe try and get like an install base by making it free. Similar to I think like Spotify did this when it first came out. Like you could just listen to anything for free. And oh, they're like okay, now we got a lot of people, but like now we have to make money. Granted, yeah, I think, like, obviously I think you know, it was a very generous time period that you were playing free <laughs> online. I mean, both Sony and uh, Microsoft don't offer a free online experience. Not anymore. But I don't think we're here to talk about the online. I think it's really cool that they have these games. I've been playing them on the Switch. Uh, most specifically, I've been playing Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 3, and The Legend of Zelda. Uh, and I know that we haven't hit The Legend of Zelda or Super Mario Brothers 3 yet, so I'm sure you guys are eagerly going to wait to find out if they're on our essential games list before you play them. <laughs> But we we already have, um, let's see, one two two um, essential games: Super Mario Brothers and Balloon Fight are on that list. And depending on how this episode goes, you know, maybe Gradius will make it. And you know how close we were with Ghost and Goblins last we, week. We also have an uh, an old entry into the essential games list in this list as well. Yes. Oh, that's a, a spoiler former. alert. <laughs> No, yeah, the best oh, of eighty six. Uh, don't we do that? In, oh no, no, we do that in the best, best of eighty five episode. Yeah, yeah. I, like, we we don't know hell? what time period we're in. We don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, what. we're in a weird. We're, time we're, we're recording this months into the future. <laughs> yeah, so I hope you guys um, will let me know what you think about it. You know, you can add us on Twitter at uh, NostalgiaCast. Or, or just send me an email at contact at NostalgiaCast. If you've been playing it or interested in playing it, and if you want to know like more in-depth thoughts, I'd be happy to go into them. There's a lot of cool things that they offer that it doesn't necessarily tell you. Like uh, there's a CRT filter for oh. the games that you can put over them. There's save states, so this way you can you know kind of be you know a scum and do some <laughs> and then play games the way they weren't intended and try to beat them in multiple sittings instead of in one. And there's also like a interesting mapping to the controller too, where it's um, it's the back two, it's Y and it's Y and B instead of um, X and A. Fun, yeah. <laughs> but hey, whatever. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but is is there isn't there a feature now to if I'm playing Legend of Zelda, a one player game, I can play with you, Mike, Zeldor. somewhere else. And virtually hand the controller back and forth. So I wish that um, the example you're correct, but not on the example you use. Not on Legend. So of Zelda. Legend of Zelda is actually getting a special version uh, later in the road, which I'm really excited for because they are specifically calling them out as a special version. So let's I, make a pause. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> it wouldn't. It wouldn't uh, delete any. Okay. Legend of Zelda is specifically making a special version. I think they also said there was going to be a special version of Super Mario Brothers 3 and Metroid. So I'm excited to see what these re- revised NES games might be like. But right now, only the games that actually had two-player in them support this online two-player where, like, you know, me gotcha. and you can play and you can be in your apartment and I can be at my apartment and we could play Balloon Fight or Mario Brothers, you know? Like, that's that's cool. It is, no, that is awesome. I I I am not not that I'm holding out, but I do wish that at some point in the future they make that that tweak. That's my favorite thing to do on the on the PlayStation Four. Oh yes, passing one the controller, game, pass yeah. the controller back and forth. I'd actually be really interested to see if the, the you know if you want me to hypothesize for a minute. I think that these special editions of these games could be kind of like a co-op feature where there's two links now. And you can be doing stuff in Hyrule, and the player two can be doing other things in Hyrule. It's similar to like maybe Metroid, it would be two Samuses, and you kind of just like link up whenever you want. Like I think that that would be really cool. That'd, that'd be really cool. I can't imagine what else would constitute a special edition. Uh, like loot boxes. Loot boxes, yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. 
Yeah, no longer, no longer does the old man in the cave offer you the sword. You have to pay 99 cents to unlock the sword. All right, guys, enjoy the episode of Gradius. Hopefully, if you don't like the Nintendo Switch and you don't own one and this was boring, hopefully you hit the chapter marker that I put in there for you because iOS 12 also now supports podcast chapters, so your native podcast app can do chapters as well. Don't plug iOS 12. Gradius, it's a duel to the death with the evil Bacterions. And welcome to Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And I'm Joe. Guys, today we're talking about Gradius, I, I hope. Um, I'm really not sure if that's how you say it. I think it's Gradius. It's like, I, think, I always thought Gradius as well. There's something weird about like going online and asking how made-up words are, spe- are like, how do they sound, you know? It's kind of like, uh, Joe, you'll relate to this, with Roxas, and I used to call him Roaxas. <laughs> well, so, Mike, you don't but, know how to pronounce many words. But it's words. also <laughs> verbally spoken in the game. It's not like you read it. <laughs> uh, all right. Okay, yeah, yeah, that actually sounds really stupid, so I need to rewind even further. I have some of those with, like, Harry Potter and I'm stuff. I'm talking right? about, like, yeah, like, before we ever knew, like, before the game had ever came Got out, yeah, I was on gotcha. Kingdom Hearts Insider, right. and this is not a Kingdom okay. Hearts episode, so forget about it. We're we're talking about Gradius uh, or Gradius, but we're going to leave it at Gradius for the rest of the game. You did um, promise last week that you would know how to say it. Yeah, I know. And then I looked up online and there was like multiple opinions. Um, but it's the first horizontal shmup that we have for the NES. That's true. It's a lot, you know, it's a lot different than 1942 in that regard, if you think about it. I mean, forget like just the setting and stuff like that. But, you know, playing horizontal, it, I feel like it's a little more claustrophobic than uh, playing vertical. Yeah, I think that also had something to do with, uh, like, just the size of your ship and everything right. else. And just the design. I think they just had more, like, variety in enemies, so there was more on the screen at once. Right. But if we can jump right into yeah. first impressions. I'd love um, to hear it. I would just like to say that um, this is the first game since Super Mario Brothers that I felt, like, actually came out on, like, an advanced console. Okay. Um, just because it was fast, it was fluid, it looked great. It sounded great, and I didn't feel like uh, all of the all of the enemies were just going to flicker out of existence at any point. Uh, this is just a very well performing, good looking game. Yeah, I think like you know, I'll jump in with my first impressions here. I, I know the arcade version, and this is definitely like a step down, but it's not that 1942 level step down. This, oh yeah, this is a pretty competent port for uh, Gradius, and you can kind of tell like. Nothing looks so different than it did in the arcade version that you're like, oh, well, I don't really know what that is. I mean, like, it looks it looks pretty good, in my opinion. I think it oozes, like, a lot of personality, a lot of creative design, you know. Uh, each level is almost like its own theme and its own world kind of, you know, even more so. Oh, it is. <laughs> yeah, more so than Super... Well, not its own world. It actually all takes place on the same planet, if you can believe that. Even more so than, like, Super Mario Brothers, you know? It's like, in Super Mario Brothers, you had, like, World 1, World 2, and stuff like that, but they didn't look, like, so different, you know? In this, it's, it's like I really felt like I was in a different area each time. Yeah, you're either going to, like, a magma area or an Easter Island head asteroid yeah. belt. <laughs> like, I don't know what that was about, but I dig it right um and then you got uh at the end you got that super fortress or uh, whatever they call it i think it's got a name a really 
strange name if we have a man uh, already the, the boss battle there yeah. the... the the final stage um i mean I, I know that that's like you're basically like coming up against the bacterian army at the end there but like joe any, any yeah one? so i think we're all kind of on the same page with my, my first first thing i thought was like this is one of the most polished games that we've seen so far i think um in terms of like the visuals and the colors and even the music is there's, there's like a lot of music changes in this which yeah. is a lot to ask for it seems like in an nes game um so it doesn't get old that way it, yeah it felt very cleaned up and very very polished yeah I, and i think like just to go back to my first impression real fast because i have played the arcade version uh you know the game is still just as hard as any other shmup too <laughs> like don't get me wrong I, I died a ton and uh you know sometimes if the game is good enough, like we were talking about in Ghosts and Goblins, like that's satisfying. Yeah. And I think um, uh, just going away from difficulty for one moment and just going into your uh, the differences between the arcade and the NES version, I think there are only, um, in terms of performance, uh, was that you could only have like two of those little followy guys instead of four. And... Uh, just like a graphical downgrade, I think that it's, you're talking it's, about um, option there, right? For yeah, option. Yeah. Yes, um, I think that other than that, it's it's pretty much like frame by frame. Yeah. So uh, just a little housekeeping for a second. This is uh, Konami's first game for the NES, and uh, you know, no longer do we associate Konami with. Uh, you know, good graces. They they pretty much just like to make uh, pachinko or what? what, what yeah, it's it? pachinko. Yeah, pachinko games and Silent Hill um, pachinko. Metal Gear Online. Pachinko. Uh, uh, yeah, pachinko. Uh-huh. Uh, so you know, it's kind of interesting to see like even their very first release on the NES is is a pretty decent game that uh, was pretty well respected in the arcade, and then the port turns out to be good too. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say the botch this name here, but. Hiroyasu Machiguchi. Um, he is the director for this game. This game is a sequel to Scramble, another horizontal shmup that uh, pretty much like invented that genre a little bit. And they wanted to make a Scramble two. And he was kind of like trying to figure out, well, what's how do you do something different than than what Scramble did? And essentially, like what it comes down to is that power up system of being able to like collect power ups, choose your power ups and kind of like sacrifice like, okay, I can get this power up right now or kill a couple more enemies and I'll have like a much better power up. Yeah. This has a really good feeling of progression in terms of grabbing those uh, power cores and uh, choosing what to activate at what time do I want to get uh do I want to get the missiles now or do I want to keep saving up until I can have that, uh, uh, that force field, um, I, I think that adds a, l- a layer of depth to it. Right, and just to to paint a picture, uh, you have like this this menu bar at the bottom, and every time you grab, I don't know if it's every time you grab a power up, but after a certain amount of power ups, the menu, the selector automatically moves. It moves every, to the next one, one, every next single thing. time. Yep. So mm-hmm. every single time. Yeah, so you, oh, it's every single time. So so you have speed up, missile, double, laser, option, and question mark, and it, and also loops. Yeah, yeah. So, if you, back so if you get yeah. another power up, you're back to speed up. And if that's not what you wanted, which was the first one, then, then you played you yourself. Should have used, you should right. have used your power up when you wanted it. And theoretically, each power up is better than the one before it. But I didn't find that necessarily true. I, I really think that like option is like a mandatory selection. Like like you want that stuff early on and you want it like, oh, yeah, you know, you want it for as long as you can hold on to it. I think that and just the, the force field actually gives you the ability to, to withstand fire. And 
I think, especially in a in a shmup game, that is very important. <laughs> right, right. So uh, the player controls the trans-dimensional spaceship Vic Viper, and you know you have to destroy like waves of enemies through various environments in order to. And this is now like a famous uh, saying in the Gradius and Shmup universe: is just destroy the core. Uh, <laughs> it's like a thing people shout really? at each other. Yeah, yeah, like like it's a huge thing because if you didn't notice at the end of every level, you have to destroy a core. Right. You know, well, so I mean, I, I, I didn't consider that a core. I considered that like a Millennium uh, Falcon. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. That's actually really funny that you bring that up. It did. It did look like something familiar. Right. A Millennium Falcon is a good way of describing it. Yeah, I think the only reason I knew that those were cores is because that's how they were described in the manual. Right. Right. But it's uh, in the arcade. It's referenced, and okay. it's also just like a. It's a reoccurring thing in the Gradius series. Okay. Uh, and Gradius is a series. For those of you that don't know, it's actually a pretty popular series, all things considered. But if you're not into these types. Of games, there's a chance you might have never heard of it. Anyway, you have to destroy the core, and then the main goal of the game, of course, is to defeat the Bacterian Army. Uh, that sounds pretty <laughs> menacing, if you ask me. I think that's like a cool name for uh, like an evil empire. If you're a germaphobe, I guess. Yeah, it's like maybe this game is like a Osmosis Jones style thing. Oh like, wow, is, is this it... all happening in some guy named like Bobby Gradius's body? Bobby, Bobby Gradius. Gradius. <laughs> like um, how we said that at the same time. We got too. some good. We rehearsed there. that beforehand. Um, okay, way to blow it for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a peek behind the curtain. You know, let's talk gameplay. There's seven levels. As I mentioned before, everything has, like, theme stages. Uh, level one, guys, did you feel like it was a good introduction to the Gradius? Was it was it too hard right off the bat? How yeah. did we do? I, I had my initial thought on level one was, okay, this is moderately challenging, but it's not too hard. Until I got to that damn volcano at the end. Oh, yeah. And that is, like, I think that was harder than anything that came up in level two or three. The volcano uh, felt cheap to me yeah, until I decided, until I figured out that you could actually uh, destroy the molten chunks of right. lava that were thrown out at you. So you pretty much, I mean, this is going just into. Um, I know. I think strategy. we should. Yeah, you have to talk strategy. Yeah. Because, I mean, like I have the strategy. I mean, yeah. I just sort of hid up in the top left corner and shot and shot missiles down at it. Right. Exactly I, the strategy. I, there, I, I tried a lot of things like that. But I would always get hit, and eventually, I honestly, I did eventually beat it. But I, I can't really say it was anything other than luck. I was just like, oh, one of these times, I'm yeah. gonna just dodge enough and shoot my hitbox will will miss all yeah. of them at some point. Because <laughs> so, what what you're basically seeing is just you have a volcano at the bottom, and it's just shooting just like dozens at a time of these like molten lava balls that are just like intertwining with each other yeah. and just weaving you, you in and out of screen. Them all. Like, yeah, you, it, it's all it's very difficult to like keep your eye on all of them and dodge. I, I will say, though, that, that, like, that top left area is definitely your safe spot, and I actually, like, kind of only with, with missiles in my uh, arsenal, I was only had to, like, dodge, like, maybe one or two actual projectiles. Everything else was able to be, like, called off by the missiles. But, like, that's a thing in, in throughout this game is, like, figuring out where the safe spots are. That's not, like, it's not cheap. Yeah. It's part, it's part of the gameplay, and I think that's, like, something interesting that it's almost like you have to learn how to fight the boss you can't right. just come in and fight these things. and that's actually kind of true with all the enemies because before you get to the these bosses you 
you're just flying through fighting ships, but there's usually like a ceiling and a floor. Mm-hmm. So there sometimes are things crawling on the ceiling and crawling on the floor. And I used to always, as soon as I saw something on the ceiling, I'd go up and shoot it so it couldn't shoot at me. But then sometimes you'd have to watch your back because more things would come from behind you. So you really have to like kind of pay attention to the patterns of like how many people come here. When do I have time to go up there and shoot them without getting killed? And unlike Commando, I really love how, like, in this game, if you don't take care of business fast, like, that screen can get crazy, and it's able to, like, emulate all of those options, you know, like, like all of right. those different types of enemies and all. Like, right. yes, there's slowdown, don't get me wrong, like, the game does kind of slow down a little bit, but just the fact that, like, you could have, like, 40 things shooting at you if you're not careful, like, really ups the stakes of, like, oh, I gotta take care of the enemies as fast as I can. Yeah, and I'll I'll have a little more to say about that in a later stage when I felt like that was really important. Okay. Okay. Sean, any other thoughts on level one besides the fact that the boss is a volcano? I don't, but that's not the boss. Well, it's not the boss, but, like, those cores, <laughs> I don't think, of, I think of those cores as almost, like, the, you know, like that's the thing you have to do at the end of the stage. You know, okay. it's, it's okay. like the boss of each one is like, you know, I will the, I will say that, that it, it is very unique for the boss to be a volcano. Um, it I, already I, shows like how, how unique this game is. Yeah. I also like that you can just sort of go through a mountain and get some points. I mean, that was a they, they had some some cool little bonuses around the stage. And that 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 was this is the first hint of that. Yeah, I think, like, there's a lot... It's, that's, again, like, another Super Mario Brothers-style thing. Yeah. And, like, I, you know, I hate to continue to use, like, such a popular game as an example, but, like, you have to think about what we have on NES at this time, and, like, when when you're comparing a good game, you to compare it to Super Mario Brothers is a huge compliment. I think so as well. So we're moving on to like level two now and things got a little crazier in this one. There was like some some walls that you could shoot down that were like mandatory to shoot down at a certain point. But for the most part, like the game ramps up really fast here in difficulty and ships are really taking more shots than ever. Yeah, um, I, I was just happy to see such a change in the layout of this level. Um it, you, it, I don't think this is on a planet anymore. Like, I think... Right, I didn't mean... Sorry, I, didn't, I just meant, like, you're not traveling, like, planet to yeah, planet. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like you're on, you know, like, you're trying to get to the Bacterian army. Exactly, like, this is almost yeah. like their, their armada coming yeah. at you. So you're just surrounded by all these, like, platforms that they're, they're very angular, and uh, you can get blindsided by uh, those little turrets that grab to the, the, the top of the bottom of, of the... Uh, of of whichever platform there is, um, what would you think that is in space? By the way, like those, I mean, those gray platforms. I'm thinking like they're there's like space scaffolding. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of how that's I imagine. Yeah. Like there's some space station around, and they got all these little, yeah. little islands. And there's and... A, a bunch of like plastic stuff you got to get out of the way. I don't know what to call those pellets that you have to yeah, destroy. I just call them like pink bubbles. Yeah, it's a good departure from the first level. Yeah, and and um, Joe, if you don't mind me asking, like. What kind of power-ups did you go for on the second stage? Like, what were your kind of, like, go-to things I don't to get know. I, uh, To be honest, I think I didn't really, like, too—I didn't focus too heavy on, like, what's my strategy at the power-up. Every once in a while I'd notice, like, oh, I've got the—you know, I've got the, the option, or I've got the missile, missile, I'll use that now. But I didn't—I really wasn't uh, too often, like, I need to get to this one or get to that one. So that might have hurt me a little bit. I don't know if you guys got further than me. I only got to level four. Okay. Um, I was using a lot of the um this the the secondary fire that shot up. 
because I thought that because there were so many of the uh, enemies that were attached to the ceilings of these very tight corridors you had to go through that I thought that would be the most useful use of those power-ups yeah i use that sometimes i think the other one i probably used the most but not for really any particular reason was just the missiles okay uh, yeah with... missiles okay yeah. yep mm-hmm. yeah missiles here i didn't find that helpful but laser laser was great in this See, one I didn't in terms get what, of just like what laser was really doing well, laser for shoots through Is enemies. It shoot, that it shoots through them Everything i think i might have lost it pretty plane. quickly and i didn't notice that it was Going yeah. through enemies, so I just never really tried to get it again. And I'm not sure if like this is a placebo thing for me, but like I also felt like lasers shot faster than my normal shot, like or shot more frequently, maybe is the word I'm looking for. But it definitely felt like I was able to be more destructive. Well, it's with also laser. isn't laser like as soon as you press fire, it the laser is shown throughout that entire like horizontal plane right 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 right. so that's why it's faster yeah i didn't think i thought it's still shot it was like it's longer it was still a particle it's still a particle but it's just a very long it moves across yeah it moves across the screen still but yeah no it kind of like to your point john i see what you're saying it does kind of like stay through the screen like 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 it it goes yeah if it hits an enemy it'll just keep going and hit any other enemy correct gotcha Mm -hmm. and uh this one at the end has like those um those annoying ships that shoot like bubbles out at you at the end. That's like oh, the, yes. before you fight the core. That but was like the sort of annoying. Phase into the only existence. thing I was thinking of was, was like this is not as bad as the volcano because really? that was like okay. their equivalent, yeah. right, of the volcano. Well, yeah, this is like yeah, their boss for this yeah. stage. And I thought like this is so much easier than the volcano, which I think overall it's... the level I thought was harder. I mean, like the regular part of the level, but sorry, overall I think the first level was harder because it included that volcano. In right, this one. right, okay. <laughs> I think that, that, yeah, there is a point that, like, maybe these guys are easier because you can dodge them. But, like, if you don't take care of one quickly enough, now there's two on the screen. And, oh, now there's three on the screen, you know? So you really just have to, like, try and figure out the fastest way to take these guys down. And this, I'm looking at the manual for the first time now. Um, this level is called the Stonehenge stage. Stonehenge. Is this? Which I, I thought we were on level two. This is level two. Level two I, that's why I was confused, too. But level two... Well, yeah, maybe oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Maybe stage. those gray things are stones. Yeah, you know, like just could like, be. like cluster stone clusters um, or yeah. asteroids. You know, like I'm just it, misremembering. Yeah, that yeah. that this is. Yeah. The, well, yeah, you're probably thinking of not Stonehenge, but Easter Island. Yes, uh, yes, that's, that's, that's why I was remembering the name. Too. Yeah. Right. But just a little aside here. Speaking of things that look like other things, I thought <laughs> the pink bubbles, Mike. I know you'll understand this. Uh, maybe some of our listeners. I, okay. I thought the pink bubbles looked like. Either your health or the boss's health in Kirby's Dreamland. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like yeah. It, right? Okay. I, I wouldn't say exactly. Well, it's but to, I, to my memory, which has been a long time. Yeah, yeah. Like I can Dreamland. see it. I can see it. Um, but wait, are you talking about Kirby's Dreamland or Kirby's Adventure? Kirby's Dreamland. Is the Kirby's one Dreamland for the Game Boy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. No, because yeah, Kirby's Adventure is the NES one, and that that does look a little different. Yeah. And I'm sure someone will go play that and be like, "Yeah, they're both squares." Like, and yeah. that's really like their similarity. But Kirby's Dreamland technically is it. like you know, it's a black and white game. Like, I game know, but like they're game pink boy. to me like, in my brain. They're pink. <laughs> Some synesthesia with Joe over here. <laughs> So then we get to like evil Easter Island uh, with these Moai heads, and the the weird thing about the Moai heads is that they're a reoccurring thing in Gradius. Like this isn't the only game that they're in. Hmm. Definitely the first one 
But they now are like an iconic enemy for the Vic Viper. Well, I guess they've established that uh, the whoever lived on Easter Island before it became a ruin, they were from Gradius. Okay. Uh, I never made that connection, but I, I, it took me a second, but now I realize exactly what you're saying. <laughs> I'm still thinking that we're inside someone's body fighting the bacterian <laughs> army. Now you're saying that those people like supersized themselves, came out, and brought the uh, Moais to Easter Island. It's just, it's just my conspiracy theory. Well, I'll say this about uh, Makaguchi uh, talked about the Moai Islands in an interview, and he said, We originally added the Moai because we wanted to give a mysterious image to the game. Zevius had used the Nazca lines, and we want, we were inspired by that. But we had no idea the Moai would become a mainstay of the series like it has. That is probably the most cogent thought um, <laughs> from one of these developers that you've ever quoted. Wait until yes. you hear some of his other thoughts. He has some really good thoughts about this. For like being a director of an old-school game, Like he actually remembers a lot of it, and we'll go into that later. But <laughs> I like that the idea of like just, you know, like, this game should be weird. Like, yeah. it should make you question, like, where are you? And yeah. I, this it looks familiar. It definitely is very weird, yeah. I right. think a lot of the games we've played so far are still sort of grounded in a lot of the, uh, like, expectations that we should have. But, like, uh, this is a, a game that really tries to throw a lot of just weird imagery at you. You, right. you know what this is missing, though? This is missing, like, instead of just, like, black, which is fine because, like, space is empty. Yeah. It's missing, like, some trippy, like, yeah, yeah. 70s, like, lava lamp <laughs> right. style. Like, I think and, that might be part of why it looks so polished because a lot of the background is just black. Right. Yeah. It's also probably how they're able much. to afford, like, having so many more graphics on the screen right, exactly, than, like, yeah. most games we're handling. Uh, I don't know the, the technical side of that. I'm sure they're actually just tricking it to make it seem like that, but can we talk about the Moai as, a, as an enemy? They they're ridiculously hard. They're hard. They I remember thinking this might be as tough as the volcano. I compared everything to the volcano in this game, and I will from everything I ever do in my life. Out of ten volcanoes, (laughs) this job is almost like one of those volcanoes. I, I call it boss volcano. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would. I wouldn't uh, disagree with that. Also, I just want to real quick step it back because uh, I did promise that I had something to say about about. Um, if we're moving too fast for you, Joe, no, you no, just I, say I, I it. forgot. I, I was thinking that on level three was when I really realized you got to kill things before you pass them. But it looks like on my notes here it was level two where I was already like, if I start passing everything and not shooting things, they're all going to be shooting at me from behind. I right, think that also right. carried over into level three too. But I noticed it in level two. Level two even uh one you know just to go back since we're talking about like with all of the ship formations and stuff like that i like how it changed it up immediately from level one and now they're going in like different directions like they were they were coming at you sideways and then going up diagonally like you had to kind of figure out like you couldn't get comfortable and you need to shoot them all down to get those power up so i thought that was like a nice touch that like they're already taking the game that you thought you knew and changing it on its head immediately and and as for those like trail things eventually they had like five or six of them where they originally were just four right and then and then they changed the whole game again with these moai heads because it's pretty much like they're the level yeah, right? it's well, like, in, like the second half of the level, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, you know what I mean? It's like now it's not so much about like shooting down ships or anything. It's kind of it's like about the env- environmental hazards. Right. And surviving like, yeah. I, you know, at this point, um, I want that qu- that question mark, question mark, question mark one, because it, that, that kind of acts like a force field. Is that what it is? It is a force field. OK, yeah, yeah. You can take, I think, five hits. Yeah, and I think, like, that's what I want right now because these guys are shooting yeah. out, like, bubbles out of their mouth that are just destroying me. <laughs> it reminds me, this is weird, but Super Mario Land 2, the six golden coins on Game Boy, has this level where, like, hippos 
have like these water bubbles come out of their nose and you can jump in them and that's what this reminded me of immediately of so like, you you immediately jumped into one of the bubbles like out of just habit no not out of <laughs> habit because the bubbles weren't big enough but i guess i just mean like though sorry one thing that's not clear here is that the hippos in that game were statues like the oh, size you know okay. like, like similar to like how these moai heads were and so it was just kind of like I was like, was this a thing? Like, <laughs> like bubbles and and right. and sculptures and shooting them out? I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't think there's actually a correlation there, but maybe there is some conspiracy theory. <laughs> the Moai heads, was anybody able to destroy them? Oh, I didn't even know you could. I, I was, was just dodging the whole time. Yeah, I was just trying to survive. I yeah. don't think you can actually destroy, like, all of them, but there were certain ones that I was able to kind of, like, if they were... If they were at like a 45 degree angle facing me and I shot them with maybe it was the laser that was doing it. But if I shot them with the laser in the face like enough as they were coming to me, they would actually kind of like fall over, you know, like fall and kind of collapse, you know. And I think that that's just like a, a neat little touch, but it doesn't make sense why it works for like some of the Moai, but not all of them. Well, maybe it's just because it scrolls at such a pace that you could never land as many hits as you needed to to destroy more than one at a time. I'm I'm not sure. It would just be strange if they had some that were like hard coded as you couldn't you couldn't kill them, and some were uh, destructible. Right, and uh, this this level ends with another crazy boss battle of uh, just a ton of ships coming at you, and then. I don't know if they're shooting like little ships. I yeah, don't they're, they're like breaking off into all different ships. It's it's very hard. Yeah, it's it's not that much. It, this one I think is the hardest boss we've faced so I far. Disagree. Sorry, Joe. I don't. Think I that... still think the first volcano was harder than this. <laughs> Joe, I think you really got to go back. And maybe just, maybe I go just back try and play, it with but missiles. That volcano took me a long time. Yeah, maybe with the missiles I'll be able to destroy those because the missiles be are shooting directly down. So if you just yeah, go into that top go in the corner, left, yeah. you know, like the right. I'm, I'm serious that like this one was the hardest one for me yet. Yeah. to stage three this is about as far as i can get yeah uh, yeah i got to stage four but did anyone else get to stage four and see what was at the end of fucking stage four? oh can i say that <laughs> you can say that because you're so upset the end was of it maybe another? I, I was hoping uh, that you it was didn't. more than one other oh. <laughs> i was hoping that you didn't get that's to the as end far of stage as i got four. that's as far as i got because there were two upside down volcanoes <laughs> shooting but they still like gravity still works the other way so there's just double double the pain it, it it is it is weird that like well it was weird enough that a volcano was a boss in this game. It's weirder that they're just like, Well, just call it back. Like <laughs> yeah, the volcano's brother them, is yeah. really angry and he's gonna take you down. I'm tr- I'm starting to wonder like what the flight path of 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 your character is. The the mock rider, what is this again? The mock uh, rider Vic Viper. The Vic Viper. Like, you are mock rider. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the Vic Viper. I mean, are you okay, you're going out into space, you're in this weird scaffolding asteroid belt, you're fighting some Maui heads, and then you just come back on the the other side of the planet because we all know that on the other side of earth is just an upside down world is <laughs> yeah. that what's happening like is he just did he take a wrong turn <laughs> i i don't know if it's so much as a wrong turn as just like maybe he's taking like a shortcut like if you think about like like he's on the upside down part of it that like he's going <laughs> under 
the area and like trying to skip it Going all but, under like, the flat earth okay yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you know what sean but in this situation right not saying the flat earth is real <laughs> but like in this situation if you go under a planet with a spaceship technically those things are on top of you and looking upside down right yeah but then you would just you would just turn over <laughs> just turn over man yeah, you would just perspective wise you would just so he's yeah. flying upside down is my he's flying upside I down think, and just decides not to flip i think over. that there are just two upside down volcanoes i think that's it <laughs> and you know what the name of this level is the inverted space volcano stage. <laughs> so they are acknowledging that the volcanoes are inverted. An anomaly in space where the two weird. volcanoes yeah. have defied all gravity <laughs> and created themselves inversely. It's weird, though, because the first stage is just called the volcanic stage. It's not the space volcano. Well, because, it's just, like, it's supposed to be the planet Gradius has been destroyed or, like, is in the act of destruction. And now this is just, like, they recreated the space i'm sorry we're spending way too much time on the volcano <laughs> yeah, i mean well the vo- you know it's an interesting boss um it does have a it does have a safe spot though joe i'm sorry to tell you this but it's it, it's tough don't get me wrong but but you can do it and i think like you know one thing that would be really good for this stage is to have more of your option uh it's just way you have yeah, more of more those hits. those guys this way they can shoot as well because really it's just a it's a matter of dodging projectiles here right so since we were talking about safe spots, though, I thought this would be another good time for another Makaguchi quote. He says, as for safe spots and such, we were able to confirm some of them ourselves, but most of them have been found by players. Simply put, they were bugs. We didn't plan for them to be there. This goes for slowdown as well as safe spots. But I think for Gradius, all the bugs ended up having a positive effect on the game, and I think we were extremely lucky in that regard. Although it's definitely true that those were the boom days of secret tricks on the Famicom, from the developer's perspective, we'd rather not have had those bugs. Well, I th- I think I mean in retrospect, he's he's perfectly correct. Um, yeah, it's interesting that uh, he he's able to say like I wouldn't have wanted those bugs, but I'm glad that they helped the players yeah, because it allowed for like strategizing. Like if you know where to be during this special area. Like you can get further, and that that comes from not not so much skill, but that comes from uh, memorizing the levels and and just knowing what you're doing in this game. And I think that if any if at any time that you were just in a level and you could just it was an equal probability that you could get hit, I think that would be more frustrating than not. Right. You know, while we're recording this this week that we're recording it, and weeks ago for you guys, um, Popeye came out. So I just re-listened to that, and we talk a lot about how in Popeye, it's so, like, random. There's not really any patterns, so it's just kind of like you don't know when something's going to come at you. Right. So this having those, like, the fact that there are those things that are, I guess, technically, like, exploits where you can find a safe spot is also because, like, there's good design where you can see what's going to happen. You can kind of see the patterns. You can pick up on the patterns in this, and that's what allows you to exploit those things so yeah, it almost, not, it's still I, just a great game even i with agree those bugs. with you first i want to say no one has ever compared a shmup to popeye so thank you for <laughs> wow. that yeah. in my head. that is incredible <laughs> and and like i i kind of wonder like you know he's saying that like these things you know are bugs to him right but like in a way it's these safe spots only exist because of the way that the ai like shoots projectiles you know like the way that they were designed in a way i feel like even if he didn't intend for it to be this way this is like a necessary step for the game, like like to figure out which way the enemies shoot and behave and to work around that to find these 
safe spots, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I don't, I, I think, like, even now, too, they're kind of like a staple in shmups is, like, finding your, you yeah. know, your pattern almost. Like, the enemies have their pattern, so what's your pattern to get through the stage? Yeah, it's interesting to think that a core, like, mechanic of a genre was was discovered through uh, oversight. So going on from stage four, we have stage five, unexpected. Whoa. I know, yeah. Twist. Uh, but Joe, you said you did not get there. I did not get there. Uh, are there five volcanoes just there, on all sides no, of the screen? There are no more volcanoes. Uh, <laughs> now there's like, it's it's weird because it's it's like tentacles, but they're like metal, I guess, and it's spacey. They're like, uh, do you, you have the manual? Do you do you know anything about these uh, guys? I think those I are just the back. know that no. the name of the stage is the I guess the mole stage, but M O A L. Okay, M O A L. Is that something I don't know? I don't know what that. That sounds like mole. That's the mole. I see. That's an eye. What page of the manual are you on? I'm on a very like low res PDF. It looks like an L. We're talking about. It's the, the antenoids. The, it's the, the, it's the antenoids. antenoids. Okay, yeah, yeah. They, no. like, they look like tentacle monsters, but like, they actually, you know what they look like? They look like um, tentacles. Oh, you know? Pokemon. Yeah, Pokemon yeah, yeah. Reference. Pokemon reference right there. Or like a tentacruel? Tentacruel? Uh, I wish I could find a picture. I, was, I just wanted to say cruel. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, So yeah, when yeah. you run into an antenoid creature, go after the red spheres in the arm portions to destroy the arms. If you get to the central nucleus, the whole thing will go up in smoke. That's a... Uh, that's the manual's description of chapter. Of, yeah, it's uh, kind of cool. It's like this wavy thing, like like it's arm. Ar- it has like four arms on both, like two arms on both sides, four arms total. And yeah, no, no, no it's okay. That's like that's just the image in the manual that's provided gotcha. like, to show you that, like, to shoot to, to shoot the the red part. But gotcha. like, essentially, you have to kind of like dodge those and aim for the center. It's like the it's like again shooting that core, you know. Uh, but but this level, you know. It's interesting that I didn't think it was, like, so much harder than, like, stage three or four. Like, three is still, for me, that's a really hard level. Like, the, <laughs> the Moais are killing me in that stage because, like, I'm taking hits from all directions. And as Sean mentioned earlier, like, my force field has only given me, like, five hits before it's like you're on your own, pal. Yeah, so I, I would I would hazard that if you can't get to the question mark um you're not going to spend all that much time in the, in this game at all right right <laughs> all right uh one thing we haven't talked about yet though is what happens when you just not game over but just die like when you lose your life in the game we haven't talked about that yet and i feel like that's a that's a big consequence because you lose every single power up you have oh yeah uh so now you are probably near like a huge horde and now you've been gimped to only being able to get like a speed up immediately because uh it'll give you at least one it's as if you are have like one power core on you um so yeah you you better be able to just fire one bullet at a time and and get some more cores it's insane that uh that they that they were like testing this and being like this is fine because like <laughs> it's not if you're on like even stage three or four at this point and you don't have power-ups and you're at a certain point in the level because like it has kind of like checkpoints every now and again if you get to that point in the level you might be toast like you might not be able 
to get any further just because your ship is like way too underpowered. And don't get me wrong, it's like really cool that the Vic Viper starts off as kind of like just this normal ship that you continue to get like more badass as it goes along. But to then like lose one life and then lose everything and now you're just like this simple ship again trying to fight off like tentacle monsters and fleets of ships. It's like it's just not going to happen. Mike, I really think that you should start using the word antinoid because every time you say tentacle monster, I get I get very uncomfortable. I Yeah, you're getting those um, those late night vibes again. <laughs> <laughs> So stage six now we're on. This is kind of like the the final stretch, if you will. There's uh there's not much more here, but unfortunately this is where my journey ends because I die here pretty often, and there's just no way for me to uh, pick up enough power ups to get back to normal here. And also just so everybody knows too, once you lose all your lives, what you start with three, mm-hmm. lose all your lives, it's game over. You're back. It's game to the over. Game. Yeah, it's it's not like Ghost and Goblins where right. it remembers what stage you were on, uh, which was a really neat feature that we loved in Ghost yeah. and Goblins. Um. So, uh, but you would you could get more lives. Hey, hey, hey we're not there yet, John. Uh, I I didn't know I was spoiling. Uh, oh oh, you're gonna talk about something That's normal. The twist I was gonna talk about like you couldn't you just get more lives from like fifty thousand yes, points. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm like I'm <laughs> like, John, John, don't it. tell them I didn't about. I know points. there was even a <laughs> thing. Yeah, now I'm now I'm <laughs> don't very, tell them very no. I, all right, uh, I'm not gonna talk about it yet. All right, let's get through. Let's just walk through the game a little more. But yes, you are correct that like through points, uh, you can get lives. And so Unless, that's oh, I know you're okay. That's nice that points mm-hmm. have. Um, you know, again, have that value that is worth something. Unfortunately, I just don't know if it's really, like, worth enough since it seems like I'd rather have those points, like, maybe say, like, okay, once you get to 100,000 points, you're allowed to keep two power-ups when you die. Like, you know, it's like there's no way to do that efficiently, but, mm-hmm. like, maybe you could have them, like, pre-selected. Yeah. You just have to, like, go back into the menu and, like, it memorizes, like, how many you were able to option off on. So I don't know. You... If, if I had that option, I think I would just... If I had the option of doing that or getting a life, I think I would take the life. I mean, once you're out of those lives, you're back to the beginning. Oh, I, I know, mean, I know, but all I'm saying is, is, like, when I got to the... When I got to this stage and then I died... It might be impossible to get any And further. I lost yeah, everything. I, yeah, yeah, I haven't gotten like that It was, hard for me to, to build to back up. That. It was hard for me to build it back up, and I... And it's, it's just, like... The reason why this stage is harder, for the record, for me, is because it it's a lot of different types of enemies, and then there's also, like, these amoeba things that shoot out, like, bigger projectiles, and between dodging all the projectiles, trying to clean up the enemies as they're coming on the stage, and also, like, just dodging the stage in general, which is kind of, like, rampy and also has, like... I don't know, like vines, I guess, is the right word for that. Just lots of, lots of obstacles. Yeah, it's a lot of obstacles. It, it, for me, it was impossible, and it's kind of a shame because I wished that I would have been able to uh, see the end of this game, but I, I don't think I was going to be able to do it. So that's it. We all quit at this point. Right. We're all we're all out. But there is one more stage, right? Would you like to talk about it, Sean? It is the yes, it is the it, final stage, and it's like you're finally um, you're at the end now. You're you've invaded 
the Bacterian army. The the Zerus, the the Zeros Super Fortress. <laughs> the stage. Xerox. The Xerox <laughs> yes. uh, Planet Xerox stage. Um, it's just like a like a computery um like industrial looking space, right? Or yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I think that's a that's an appropriate thing for it. I always thought of it like you know, looking at the screenshots, I thought of it more like you're inside a giant ship. If you remember in like yeah, yeah. the Gradius cover. On the front cover yeah, or something like, like that, it's, it's like, like you're being destroyer. chased by yeah. yeah by a giant green star destroyer. <laughs> and so now I felt like this is you. And actually, no. Now that I'm looking at the cover again, you're not being chased. You're charging right at this thing. Yeah. This is the this is like the poster shot for scene seven is the front cover of Gradius. That's really cool. Actually, it's so, like you've just defeated. All this evil amoeba and moaieds and double volcanoes and upside down <laughs> volcanoes. And it's like, you know what? Now, screw it. I'm just going to shoot into the middle of a Star Destroyer and enter through its uh, through its hub, I guess, <laughs> to try and, like, defeat the Bacterian army. So did you see, did you guys see any, like, like videos of the stage or anything? Oh, yeah. Or? It's yes, just filled yeah. with volcanoes, I didn't Joe. see anything. Yeah, uh, it's, it's filled with volcanoes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my thoughts are that... You know, this is the ultimate stage of the game. So the fortress lies at the very heart of the nerve center of the Bacterian Empire. That's your and initial is controlled thought. <laughs> by a complex biocomputer. Uh, <laughs> didn't just read that directly out of the manual. Those are my original thoughts. This is the first mother brain, uh, <laughs> if you will. Like, you know, uh, right. Metroid obviously makes that a bigger deal. But yeah, that winds up being the final boss of the game is just this brain that's like a t- has like I don't. I don't know how to describe it. What, what would you say, Sean? Because it's not. I don't want to say chains. It's not. It's not being. Sl- I enslaved. mean, isn't it, isn't it just like those are connections? Yeah, it, connections. It's, a, it's, it's a part it's like of powering the ship. Cybernetic. Yeah. So yeah. Do, you, do you you have to take out those? No, you just have to shoot the brain. In fact, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how to like let you down here, Joe, because you've only you haven't even watched I the know. video. But all I know watch, about it is what I just plagiarized out of the manual. From watching the video, all you have to do is just. Be just, smart. Just, like, shoot, just the shoot the brain. Just shoot like, the brain. Shoot is it hard? Joke. I mean, shoot it's the brain. <laughs> I didn't get to the level. No, it, no, nothing can hurt you. Like you're you're here now. It's, it's like so this wild. is like a rewarding like final cutscene. Interesting. The stupidest thing you can do is like play chicken with the brain, you know, and be like, <laughs> you know, like charge at him or something. You need to just like just shoot the brain. Yeah, it's just funny shoot that it calls the brain. It, like, <laughs> I guess ultimate just meaning the actual, like just meaning the final stage. But like when it says this is the ultimate stage of the game, I think this is like the most intense stage of the well, game. Well, to be but... to be fair though, Joe, everything leading up to that moment is pretty intense. So I'm not saying that like this level's gotcha. So that's not the whole level. There's there's oh the level. yeah yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. There's gotcha. a, you have to like, again. You've just entered the ship. Now you have to kind of navigate your way through the ship to get to the center right. brain. Gotcha. Looking at this image now of the Vic Viper and the brain though, like. Uh, like next to each other i'm thinking of like star fox 64 when you take the back route into venom and then you fight andros first by as like his normal form but then (laughs) his second form is not the mechanical bat it's him as a brain with his eyes like shooting at you that's i think that star fox 64 takes a cue from gradius Me and Sean just looked at each other and were like, do you know what he's talking I'm like, about? We don't know what you're talking about. I really, I'm getting serious vibes to that. I'll show the guys afterwards, but I'll link that in the show notes. And Star Fox yeah. 64 fans, don't tell me I'm wrong here. They definitely, like, Miyamoto kind of is like a Gradius player now in my book. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... That was uh, that was the game essentially. I think we feel pretty good about it that we walked through the whole game and didn't right. uh, didn't have too many complaints. Yeah, we didn't even the die game once. Being hard as nails. Yeah. <laughs> Controls. I mean, they're 
they're pretty fluid. Yeah, they're simple, so it's not not too much that they could have screwed up, other than like the actual motion, which I think feels great. Yeah, yeah I think the motion feels great. I think um, it, it is a 60 FPS game, and like most NES games, it's not like that used to not be a big deal. It wasn't a hot topic yeah, right. to be 30 or 60. Well, now that I'm thinking about it, one thing I did notice about the motion, which wasn't a bad thing, it just throws you off when from what like most people I think are used to that you you. It's kind of slow moving. It, it almost feels like you're like there's a lot of resistance on your ship or something. Like if you try oh, and go up or down, but that's not true, Joe. If you keep using the speed, the speed power, up, yeah, like if right. you just disregard you just everything, but mess. then eventually <laughs> you die, and right. then you're back to being like trudging through. Investing in speed yeah. is a mistake anyway, because yeah. as Sean just mentioned, like you become too fast at a certain point. You <laughs> it's know, like, like, oh, I got I got to thread the needle between these two. Oh, I've hit the wall. Oh, right. I've hit the wall, and I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's really tough. I actually tried that as one of my um, strategies for the Moai stage. I was like, well, maybe if I'm just really fast, I'll get out of this stage. No, it doesn't help. Yeah. It doesn't help. It just makes. <laughs> You a mess. <laughs> and I feel like you're surprisingly able to dodge things pretty well at that slow speed. Like, you're able to dodge things well, and they're able to dodge you well, too. Like, you, sometimes I would think, like, okay, I just have to get a little more down, and then I'm going to shoot them. It's like, nope, still didn't line up. Is it up possible like that. that the hitbox is smaller than the sprite? That could be. I never considered that. I mean, I, I wonder if the hitbox changes, too, between, like, the missile, the laser, like like yeah. I feel like the missile has a bigger hitbox than anything else. You mm-hmm. you mean oh you mean the like if if I clipped like the edge of a wing of one of the enemy like fighters, does that count? I you I, mean like if your if your shot clips if my them? shot does. I don't think it counts. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I don't think it counts because there were many times I came close and it didn't happen. Honestly, I felt like a few times like your own hitbox was maybe slightly smaller because I felt like I was like dodging things and I'm like, oh man, I, I totally hit that. Yeah, but, but, yeah. But it was like I but skimmed it. I, I don't I mind when good. a game yeah. does that <laughs> because little... it makes you feel cool. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Uh, all right, so that's controls. One thing, other thing I want to mention is that this game does not help you if you have a turbo controller. Like, it doesn't make the gun fire rapidly like it did in 1942. Uh, you're, it's still just, like, it has a limit yeah. to how much you can shoot. It is definitely more efficient to, to be tapping the button instead yes. of holding it, Right, though. exactly. Um, weapons, I think we've went through that enough. Enemies, we talked about the, the cool ones, at least, in yeah. my opinion. Did any other enemies stand out for you guys? I mean, I like that... Uh, it- in the beginning, they sort of uh, introduced the concept of the ones that do fly in a very tight pattern. If you kill all of them, you can get a reward right. with a power core. They're like at the beginning of every level, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's like a note from Galaga and Xevious, the game that they were like trying to top. Uh, um, they always talked about in the Gradius interviews how like Xevious is the standard, you know, like like that's the game that you're trying to beat. And how can they do that when they're thinking about designing the game? So I'm not surprised that there are some cues from Xevious in these games. Uh, power-ups? Any thoughts? No, I think we've covered it. Yeah, I think we, we covered power-ups, and I'll add a, a quote here. Uh, At that time, Western computer RPGs were coming into Japan, and building your character was a kind of new gaming buzzword. We were thinking of ways to bring that concept into the shoot 'em up genre. Nowadays, it seems rather obvious, but back then, it was it was in combination no one had thought of. We also wanted to add other adventure aspects to Gradius. We planned a system where once you cleared a stage, you'd have a branching choice of where to go next. But in the end, due to memory space limitations, we couldn't add that feature. Again, that's a Star Fox thing, right? Like, <laughs> you choose which planet you want to go to. Based I, I, on, get like, I, I get I you. I just and love how many things are happening here. And I think that's a really cool thing. Like, imagine you would have been able to choose your own path. 
I, <laughs> I I love I love the enthusiasm you have for this. Um, but I also like that um, that they were trying to move forward with uh, uh, with the with the new ideas coming into uh, these these kinds of games just from PC gaming. But I like that they also kept something from uh, older games that was a power up that we didn't really talk about. Was if you found a blue one, it would just kill everything on the screen. Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny is is like that really only showed up for me in the um in the Moai stage and in stage two. Those yeah, I got that in stage where, two. Yeah. Uh in the Moai stage I surprisingly didn't do much. Uh, but <laughs> in the uh in stage two, yeah, it was helpful, but like it shows up just rare enough that it's not really for me it wasn't like a power up. I just thought it was like a cool thing. Like, oh wow, what's yeah. that? You know? I th- but One I do of those like rare that. drops, yeah. I I also like just about this quote is that he's thinking about other genres that don't even apply to his game and yeah. he's like how can we how can we do stuff like that like mm-hmm. what should we do and i just think like that's such a neat thing in game design period that developers today should still be asking themselves you know if you're if you're trying to design like a platformer but you're looking at like you know a game like breath of the wild that's more like an action adventure game it's like you can take cues, you know, from that. It doesn't have to be, the cue doesn't have to be open world. The cue can just be like design elements or, you know, the, the weapon breaking mechanics, like, like little things like that and introducing them into your genre, change your genre completely. I, I hear what you're saying, Mike, and I agree, but I think Konami, uh, I think you, they would go backwards and just say, no, don't do that. Turn into a pachinko machine. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, modern day Konami. Uh, all right. So, now that we've talked about all the levels and, uh, you know, you guys were out at, like, stage four, I, I was gone at stage... Wait, were both of you guys gone at stage four? I, I was not as far as Joe. I think I was okay. stage three. And I was gone at six. I, I think, like, we need to talk about the difficulty here because we were so uh, relentless with the difficulty on Ghost and Goblins. You know, it was one thing that really held us back in that game because we really enjoyed it, but the difficulty was killing us. Was the difficulty killing you guys here? Here's the difference to me between this and Ghost and Goblins. This wasn't... At a glance, this wasn't as difficult. It was very difficult. It wasn't as difficult as Ghosts and Goblins, but if you factor in the fact that you get three lives and you're done, I think this was more. This would be more. I don't even know if I want to say more. This would be more frustrating. Well, to it's me harder. To beat. Uh, it's harder to make progress. In this. Yeah, exactly. and you can't just exactly. jump right back in and be like, "All right, but, let's do yeah. this." But just looking at like individual like levels, Ghosts and Goblins head and shoulders is more difficult. But uh, but this had a. This was pretty difficult. I mean, especially once I got to like level three and stuff, it took me a few restarts to get through it. Like it, it wasn't, um, it wasn't very easy. I would say that um, while I, th- it's a very difficult game. I, I didn't feel the same kinds of frustrations that I did with Ghosts and Goblins simply because I like the feel of this game more than I like the feel of Ghosts and Goblins. So I. I enjoyed playing it, and every time I failed, I was like, okay, I'll just keep playing the game instead of this, what I felt as clunky fighting system and platforming system and Ghosts and Goblins. So I, I agree with that, it, too. I, did, I was not as bothered by how much I was dying in this game as in past games. I don't know if this is, like, weird to say, but I find this, like, realistically difficult. Yeah. You know? Like, it's uh, really understandable where, where you're failing. Right, right, right. And, and, and it's like, yes, they could have toned down certain areas so that it wasn't so ridiculous. For me, that's, like, the Moai Island stage or the later, like, Amoebas and stuff like that. But I think, like, for the most part, the game is, like, it's not unfair. Like, it's not like, you know, nothing in this game to me screams like Red Devil, 
you yeah, know right. like that Plus, kind like, of level of frustration i would say that y- your style of play is or it, the game allows your style of play to be more expressive so that um you can go in with different weapons and uh like whether or not you have the shield or you can go in with different loadouts and try your luck a different way and you have you have a better uh experimentation process than you would with ghosts and goblins i think absolutely yeah with especially just because the difference between like space exploration and platforming is like you know with with ghosts and goblins there's really only like a one or two ways you can handle yeah like going through a stage whereas like with gradius it's like you can go up and then switch back down to down or you can go through the middle of the stage you can shoot open and go through a cave i think that's kind of cool that they they accounted for that all right so since we were talking about difficulty and stuff like that i think i need to address uh something for joe here that uh you know i wouldn't say that this should change your opinion on the game but there are continues there are continues. There are continues in the game, uh, and this is the very first instance of the Konami code. Yes, this was something that what I this ended is... up using, but do not you... abusing. Do you know the Konami code? <laughs> I don't. You do. Okay, you come ready? On. I might, but wait. I want to mention because this will come into play in a minute. Before you just told me that, I wrote something in my notebook before I heard that, and I put my pen down, and later on you'll find out what that was, but I want people to know that I didn't change this. Okay. <laughs> you, made, you made the, a note the, to yourself? I made a note to myself that I will talk about in a moment, but go on. Right. Uh, so, but before I get any further, I'm sorry, uh, I, I jumped ahead. The Konami code is, is different than the continues code. Uh, okay, the, yeah, because yeah. I didn't think I got continues when I used yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Konami code is up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA. Joe, still not ringing any Dad bells? rings a bell, but okay, what is yeah, that yeah. from? Everything. Every Konami Everything. game. It's yeah. mostly okay. famous from Contra, I think, is like yeah. the, the yeah, famous one. I think one, that's but, probably where I've heard but it. every, but... like, NES Konami game, and even games way beyond that. And some websites. So there, right, right. But there's, a, there's a, something, a PlayStation game that's up, 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 down, down, left, right, left, right. Probably square. a Konami game. I square? I, I want, yes, yeah, Square. Well, I want to say it's Crash Bandicoot yeah. or something. Like there's no, there's yeah, no yeah. on The Konami code is like, <laughs> right. yeah, like like Sean said, it's referenced on websites. I think even like Reddit used to have a thing yeah, that you yeah. could do to get something like that. Uh, oh, yeah, it would have a narwhal show up on the, show up on the um, homepage. Uh, but that's that, the Konami code there. Actually, just if you pause the game while you're playing it, it gives you one speed up missiles, two options, and a barrier force field. You know, like so, pretty much just like a way for you to continue to progress on. Yeah, I remember. Uh, just to explain that I'm not so bad that I can't even get past the third level with the Konami code. I had played through the game. And then I I took up my, I took a break from it and I decided I would try it out with the Konami code. I wasn't just gonna keep playing though. No. <laughs> I love that they give you the Konami code though because here's the thing about the Konami code it it's not so game breaking like Game Genie where like oh, yeah. all of a sudden yeah. you have like I could just program the game to give me 99 lives or I can have the games this way I'm invincible. It's like this gives you like a realistic way to be like you know I'm really enjoying this game but I'm dying all the time and I just want to get to like as far as I can or I want to get further I want to beat the game. This gives you like a realistic way of doing that saying like hey you might have lost all your stuff but just put in the Konami code and you'll get one speed up missiles two options and a barrier. Yeah. It's it's uh it's fair as far as cheats go. The continue code, on the other hand, though, is when you get to the game over screen, you go down, up, B A, B A, B A, and start, and then it will start you at the last stage you visited. 
Wow. Interesting. Uh, I yeah. didn't know there were two codes. Yeah, it's very interesting that there are two. Well, there's more codes than that, too. There, there's a lot of secrets in this game, and I just think, like, the continue one changes a lot for yeah, me. Yeah, that, that makes a big difference in, like, how you're playing this I'll game. I'll be honest. I use the continue code to get all the way to stage six. Like, I'm not going to pretend like I'm amazing at this game, <laughs> but even the continue code won't save me to get to get to stage seven. You know, I still wasn't able to get there. So I respect these cheat codes because they don't outright break the game. Right. Is this the first uh, example of a a literal cheat code in a in a game or for us yeah i feel like yeah. it is i feel like for for right now you know december 1986 yeah wow that's interesting and i mean the game also has like warp zones too and stage bonuses and even a way to skip stages no that's not the warp zones that's not the warp zones that you can actually skip the stages here here's an interesting way to do it i would have been nowhere near that inverted volcano stage <laughs> if i knew i could skip you it. have to defeat the bosses within five seconds of them appearing how do you do that the, not sorry so not the sub bosses like the like, volcano like the, and the stuff core like that millennium i'm talking falcon. about that core millennium falcon like thing <laughs> if you can kill that thing within five seconds which if you have i guess enough power-ups yeah. you can do it yeah. it'll actually let you skip the next stage only up to stage five once you get stage five you can't skip on onwards but i think it's like a really neat speed run thing yeah you know if you're going for that but the stage bonuses are cool i mean you know sean you mentioned going through the um like the cave like thing in was that stage two you were talking about that's in stage one okay stage one where you're shooting i shoot the mountain right yeah yep and then in stage two there's a couple different like paths that you can take with the uh pink orbs or the Kirby Life's, yes. as uh, Joe might say. And so that's like throughout the different levels, there's stuff like that. And I just think that's like really neat that they included all these little secrets. Again, like another thing that reminds me of Super Mario Brothers. Oh, I thought you were going to say Star Fox. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Star Fox has a lot of secrets, though, guys. I uh, cannot plug Star Fox 64. Not not Star Fox or Super Nintendo. That game runs at like 10 FPS. <laughs> not even joking, actually. I think it's like 15, maybe. Interesting about Gradius here, stray thought for a minute. Gradius was also converted for the Nintendo Verse series. Oh. Yeah. How like, do you verse that? Isn't isn't that weird? Like, first off, it's not a Nintendo game, it's a Konami game. So what's it doing in the Nintendo Verse series? And is it I don't know if it was called like Verse Gradius or whatever, but it's identical to the NES version, but it includes no cheat codes, but allows the player to continue indefinitely. Wow. Well, isn't that because it's an arcade game? Well, so, yeah, but what I meant is, is, like, basically, you never have to go back to stage one. Does that make sense? Like, oh, like, okay. Yeah. I, I would yes. just think, like, give me give me your money, and you can keep playing. It's exactly, <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah. You have to put in the quarter to keep going, but it's another way to, like, get to the end sure, faster. You sure. know, you don't have to, like, start to all play. over Pay again. to win. Pay to win, yeah. This is an early example of Konami <laughs> being like, well, you know, we do like money. <laughs> and. This is a one more weird thought I have, and then I'll open the floor. But I was looking for, like, developer interviews and stuff like that. And, of course, I'm going to find a ton of that stuff on Shmupalations, which I'm going to link in the show notes. This is an amazing resource for people who are into shmups. But they included this, like, as part of, like, an interview with the director, and they didn't, like... They didn't source it. Like, they didn't say where they got it. It was, like, unknown article from 1996. And I just don't even know if this is true. But here's the quote, and just take this for what it's worth. Our offices were in Osaka during the Gradius development. And after we released the first game, a young kid of about elementary school age brought us 200,000 yen and asked us to sell him Gradius. 
Since this was a large amount of money, even to us, we called his parents to confirm, and they asked us to sell it to him. So we did. (laughs) That we had a fan like this made me extremely happy. Does some child own Gradius? <laughs> yeah, wait, sold wait, them like wait, what, sold the, the rights? Like two hundred thousand yen is a ton of money, but guys. Wait, two hundred thousand yen is like not that much money. Right. It's okay. No, sorry, yeah, it's not that much. That's money. It's not even but, that much money. It's like twenty. Isn't it twenty thousand dollars? Like two thousand dollars? He's, a, he's yeah. an elementary school kid. It was like eighteen. It's eighteen hundred dollars today. It's probably more like three thousand dollars in nineteen eighty five. What is he doing with this? Is this story real? I like, it cannot be real. Like they're still making great. Well, I mean, not they're not, they're not still making. Did they really games. take well, that this kid's, money? That kid's too? old enough to be developing games now. I guess they so. took the money from a kid. Like he, like where did he get two hundred thousand? Hey, he yen? threw in the, the point. Probably, like his they probably only would have sold it to a kid. So the parents were like, all right, send. Then send this kid in there to sell it. You would think he'd have like <laughs> five dollars on kid. him. You know, like he was like, "Oh, here's five dollars. Can I buy Gradius?" And they were like, "Ha ha, kid's so cute." Like, called his parents. Do you mind if we take his five dollars? Like, yeah, that's his allowance. Like, go ahead. He loves your game. And then they're like, "Oh, would you like to be in the game?" And then they put the, his brain in the game. <laughs> yeah, they took a scan of they his took, brain. They took a cat scan of his brain, and they just took his money. Like, I think that, that that's weird, but it's probably not a true story. Maybe Schmuppelations puts that on there because they just like they want to people yeah yeah, like maybe they want to fact check people like see if they're reading the interviews and like including these obscure i don't i don't know honestly if you're if you're from schmuppelations or if you've ever read this or heard this story like let me know like please i'd love to find out if like a now a grown adult i guess but at the time a child owned gradius and let konami continue (laughs) to make games for them like yeah yeah, you guys can make gradius too that's fine (laughs) can you imagine if he like if he was actually just like a real like hard hitter as soon as they like made the deal he was like just super straight with them he was like like, okay here's the deal (laughs) like he pulls out like spreadsheets he's made he's like this is the levels for gradius 2 uh the final boss will be a giant moai Uh, it is time for the essential games list. All right, it's time for the essential games list. I'm not going to explain this anymore. We're pretty much at that point now where you guys know what's going on. Is it essential today? Not in 1986, or I think this game came out in 85, 84 in Japan. So we're talking about 86, though, because it's NES. I'm already explaining it too much, guys. So take it away, Sean. Is this game essential? Uh, I think that this game is a boatload of fun to play. I think that it has a lot of value. Uh, I don't think that anything has really been lost over time. It's the it's the best scrolling game that we've played in terms of like whether it's a top down or a sideways. Like I hated 1942. Um, I didn't really like Commando. If you want to consider this a part of the same genre, uh, I think this really showed what this genre can be on a home computer system. Um, And I think that it's legacy and just how fun it still is to play. uh, I think it's a, I'm going to, I'm going to write it essential. Wow. We have uh, one essential vote. There's three of us. So we need two to uh, put it in there. Joe. All right. I might get a little long winded here. So everybody uh, settle in. I'll settle in. So get a drink if you want. Um, so p- first of all, this kind of scrolling shmup is not usually my kind of game. So it's it's been hard for me to judge this one. And I was, you know, I've, I've got a lot of back and forth in my head up until like in this session. I, I mean, I was still thinking about it. Um, but I think the game's beautiful. It's got a really great design. And it's one of the better 
like looking and feeling games of this genre that we've played so far, but maybe like of this genre that I've ever played, like one of the better feeling games to me. Um, and I think somebody who enjoys this kind of game in general would really love this game. Um, probably more so than I did, but I don't know if it's something that I personally would, would frequently be like, I want to go back and play that again. But like, while I'm playing it, like I, I can, I can understand that there might be someone out, someone out there that doesn't like platformers, but I bet they could see Super Mario Brothers and be like, yeah, this is essential. So before you mentioned to me about the continues, I was very, very torn, and I finally made a decision and wrote it down in my notebook before you said the continues. Love it. And it didn't change when you said the continues, but it did reassure me a little bit that I also vote this game essential. Wow. It is on the list. Uh, I will give my thoughts, though, just to uh, let the record stand. Here's the interesting thing about Gradius for me. Uh, yes, the arcade version's better. This is not arcade-stalgia. We focus on the NES games. We're talking about the essential NES games of modern times, right? Like, not what was just great when it came out. So even though this is probably the best shmup that we've played so far in the NES, I mean, like, we have so many more games to go. Who's to say we're not going to see something better, right? Here's the interesting thing about Gradius. You have a very, like, simply designed game where it's like you have all the limitations of the NES, you have to use your imagination for a lot of it. The designs of the of the sprites are are beautiful, in my opinion. When you give like the when you understand the limitations in in a game like Super Mario Brothers, Legend of Zelda, like the Metroid, those kind of like heavy hitters from Nintendo, those games are good. Yes, because of their gameplay, but also because of the choice that they bring to the players and the personality that the game brings on to you. You don't think of The Legend of Zelda as an action-adventure game. You think of The Legend of Zelda as a Zelda game. I don't think of Gradius as, like, just another shmup. I think of it as a Gradius game. And I think that's, like, what makes this game, for me, essential as well, is that when you play this game, even if you're not good at it, even if it's a little harder than you'd like, I think that player choice in this game, especially when it comes to power-ups and just, like, the idea that you do kind of like control this game a little more than any game we've seen so far, even Super Mario Brothers in that regard, because with your power ups there, it's like unless you choose not to take the mushroom because you'd rather slide through certain like, you know, areas, which isn't really a thing. You know, you're mostly just going to continue to want to get stronger and stronger. And while you do want to get stronger and stronger in Gradius, you also have to you have to think about like, okay, I've seen stage four a couple times now. I'm dying these ways. What power ups are essential to me to get this to keep going? And I just think like between player choice, tight controls, extreme personality and the fact that the game sticks out because of its own like story and setting and design. I think this game is essential. No doubts. We are in agreement. Yes. Really, really cool. I wonder what Sam would uh, think. We will have to. We will have to get Sam's take. Right. I, I actually don't have anything from Sam currently, but we'll get that for the yeah, website. Best of, of 1985s too. We'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, best of 1986. When we do that, that, best of 1986. <laughs> we're actually gonna have a lot of rogue thoughts from Sam because he won't yeah. be on next week's episode either. So who knows how this guy feels about games right now? <laughs> like he's just gonna come in and surprise us with that list. <laughs> 
guys, I feel really good that Gradius is on the uh, is on the list. I, this was one of the games I was really looking forward to in the Best of 1985 episode. It's a game uh, that I love not only just because of its like story and its gameplay as a series, but just like it's really fun to play no matter how many times I go back to it. Yeah, it's very strange that because like, I'm really not a fan of the genre in general. I mean, the, the last two put a really bad taste in my mouth th- uh, that was like, oh, God, these games. But Gradius is just yeah, I can see myself. I, I will be playing this game again in the future. Yeah, I mean, I, I if I play it again, I'll enjoy it. It's just not one that I'm like that I would usually seek out. Which right. is why uh, when I was playing this last, I remember thinking, like, this could be essential. And I was about to put it essential, and then I started thinking, <laughs> do I have to take into account how I feel? And I, and I don't think you do. I think I, can, I think I can see that it's essential, even if I don't necessarily want to be playing it. I think it's essential for anyone who likes, who even remotely likes these kind of games. Very cool, very cool. And just, I mean, like, even just to talk about how much we like this game, we talked for so long now, and other than, like, one small mention, we never even talked about the music. The thing that we've been playing right. throughout the podcast episode, but it's like that stuff is good too. Even the sound design of like you know when you did blow up an enemy or like your missiles and stuff like that, like all that stuff is cool. Like it's just right. an extra thing that the game has going for it. But I mean, what else is uh, Mario? Is there something else that like comes around the same level as this? Right, like like such like, a complete package. Yeah, from that's beginning like, to end. From like the first thing that I said was that this is the first game that feels like it's on a new system. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, with, I, yeah. with Super Mario. No, I agree. I mean, like we you know, we also voted in Mock Rider and Balloon Fight for 1986 so far, and I think like I understand what you're saying though. Those games don't necessarily feel like removed from the arcade in the regards that like you know they're they're really just one style of gameplay done over and over and over again. That's enjoyable. Whereas like Gradius continues to like reinvent itself on every single stage, mm-hmm. and like how you would go about playing. This type of game. Same thing with Super Mario Brothers. It's not just World 1 1 over and over again 36 times. That would suck. You yeah. know? So I love that. Uh, very cool that we got this on the list. That's all the time we have for this episode of Nostalgia. Join us next time for Karate Champ and be sure to play it yourself if you can. If you can. Uh, <laughs> you'll understand why in the next week's episode if, if you don't get a chance to play you'll understand why I say that uh, you know for more nostalgia you know don't, don't be afraid to go onto the website that's nostalgiacast.com I'm not going to spell it out for you because no one's actively typing it in on their keyboard <laughs> as I'm saying it they're like wait, wait N-E-S like nope uh, not, 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 nope, not going to do it <laughs> not going to finish it but you can find lots of cool stuff there did you ever wonder like what Miyamoto did during his time making the lawn NES games. Spoiler alert, he wasn't making those launch NES games. Mm-hmm. Uh, most mm-hmm. of them were just ports or he was working on like other stuff and then they, they you know like it's a long story. Basically, Japan was always years ahead of us. Everybody remembers Pokemon Green, right? Of course. Of course. This is a ramble. Yeah. Uh, uh, or you, can, you can visit us there or you can visit us at our offices at the Nostalgia Cast offices. Yeah, yes. Nostalgia Cast offices. And, and find look for the one in your city. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll be at all of them. Yep. Uh, I will, yeah, I'll definitely be signing copies of your cell phone if you listen to it on a podcast, <laughs> which is a great way to listen to the episodes, you know. Uh, I don't care if you listen to it on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or um, Overcast or Pocket Cast, however you listen to it. Just make sure you hit that subscribe button because if I sign your phone and then see you're not subscribed, I'm going to have to break your phone in half. That's just a rule. Um, And speaking of breaking things in half, the show notes will be complete 
uh, with a list of everything <laughs> that we have talked about today. Yeah, they won't be. I won't give the show notes in half. If you go to the website, <laughs> it's one of the, the show big notes features there, yeah. that draw people to nostalgia. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's half. not like some are at the top of the article and others are at the bottom. <laughs> at the very top of the article, I automatically send you to other websites <laughs> free of charge. You know, there's no like PayPal like donation link on our website and stuff like that. So it's just like really cool that we just happen to not need your money. You know, like how many other podcasts have ended with like, you know, and don't forget, you know, like Patreon account and like, you know, five dollars a month, you'll get access to the high res episodes. Like, no, just just come tell us we're fun people to hang out with. If you hang out with us every Friday or whenever you get around on these episodes, look, I know it's been a stressful week. If you want to wait till Sunday to listen to the episode, if you're listening right now and it's Tuesday, Jeff, Jeff, <laughs> go for it. Okay. And go play Gradius because it's essential. Join us next time. Bye. How long was that? That was over an hour. I think that was 70 minutes. Holy shit. We love Grady. We do. Honestly, I was so... I, I, I like kept going back and forth before this, and I this is when like I decided essential. it was essential. When I realized that he was charging <laughs> instead of I, fleeing away, I was like, "That is as that badass." You're being chased. That's as badass. Well, I just I guess I never really like looked at it hard yeah. enough. But that's as badass as um. You know, like you are Mock Rider. Yeah. Like, yeah. like you know, Vic Viper, and he's just like yeah. charging yeah. in on that. I love how, like, you aren't Vic Viper. The ship is. Yeah, like, that's yeah. the name of the ship. Vic. That's so Vic cool. Viper. Vic Viper. Like, like, yeah, it has a first and last name. <laughs> what other ship has a first and last name? The Millennium Falcon. The Millennium is its first name, please. Yeah. That's like the no, Millennium the Eye. Like, that's like talking name. about, like, Yugi has the Millennium Eye. The is the first name, Millennium is the middle name.